0: Welcome to the Adversity Psychologist Podcast, a podcast incorporating narratives about facing and navigating adversity, a mixture of people, their experiences, and professional psychological discussion. I'm Dr. Tara Quincharillo. I'm a qualified and regulated psychologist with over 20 years experience of mental health, disability, and human behavior. I want to share people's stories of navigating adversity in the hope that through being heard, a dose of compassion and some understanding we can help others in the face of adversity too. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Adversity Psychologist podcast. Um, I'm Dr Tara and today I have a guest from the USA, always love on a Friday when I have people all over the world chatting to me. I have Tiffany with me, let me introduce her and she can let us know a little bit about who she is and what's brought her on today.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Tara, for having me. It is my honor. What an ask to be on your podcast. In a nutshell, I am a trilingual actress. I am an author, a hearing health advocate. So I like to say all all these A's. And then also a badass warrior that I have self-titled myself. Um, People always raise an eyebrow when they learn that I'm deaf and yet I speak three languages. And that, that is all correct. All those statements are true. I lost my hearing suddenly in my 30s. So I had already mastered, obviously, my native language and also Spanish. And I picked up ASL, American Sign Language, very rapidly um, as, soon as when I lost my my hearing so as a result of that in being an actress I'm able my castability has broadened three times which has been a hidden blessing wow. it has increased the range of roles and opportunities that I can come right and two talent agents actually offered to sign me because of my hard of hearing and because of my language abilities, and it's so ironic that it, growing up, we would we would tell our friends, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to be an actress. I want to do this. I want to." And if someone would have told me that would actually happen, and not only in this capacity, like spe- speaking in your native tongue but in three different languages i would have fell off my chair right there because i, I wouldn't have believed the word you said it has been my hearing loss has actually been my hearing win and that's why i think your podcast is such a great fit for for my message and how i got through that mess
0: Well I'm really honoured to have you. So this is the first time we've had all sorts of topics so far but haven't covered hearing loss Um, and even just the fact now that you're able to navigate and do this podcast (laughs) in the way that you are is also remarkable. Um, Are you comfortable letting us know a little bit about the circumstances around your hearing loss and those early days when you were trying to navigate that? Hmm.
1: No, it it was definitely a slow dance and a warm up to befriending my hearing loss. At first, I think it's very human nature for us to question why me? Yeah. How to, how did this happen? Why out of everyone, me? And some of those causes will never really. Ever know like what why me in this particular instance? So I had to really reframe my perspective and ask, well, why not me? Like I yeah. feel that my whole life I've I've been underestimated or I've had to work harder. To prove, to prove myself, to prove who I am. And so challenges, setbacks have always worked in my benefit. So hearing loss, oh yeah, nobody has time for that. I mean, nobody, especially as a new mom, it came on two weeks postpartum. Right. So I cannot, think of a worse time to experience hearing loss, but is there ever, Dr. Tara, is there ever good point. a good yeah. time for to lose your hearing? The answer is no, no, it, it, um, that, is, that was my wild card. And I could feel sorry for myself and I did for a hot two minutes. But because of the situation I was in as a new mom, I was now responsible for a new life. I didn't have time to feel sorry for myself. Yeah. I knew that it was not gonna be productive. I also knew it wasn't gonna be fun and or easy. It was definitely uncomfortable. And it was indeed messy and heartbreaking and all, all of those things, all those things. It's taken me 14 plus years to come to the realization though, that my hearing loss has been the biggest blessing of my life. And I don't say that to try to convince anyone else. It, It really has, it has become my superpower. I have the ability, sound on, sound off. We always talk about what would be your superpower. I actually have one and it's so delicious. I get to take these implants off, remove them from my head at night, on an airplane, in the airport, whenever I feel overstimulated, I get to do that. Not everyone gets to do that. And it can be such a gift. The silence is a gift. People often meditate to enter and achieve silence and to feel restored, replenished, and I get to access and tap into that gift any time that I choose, and it is such a hearing win.
0: I am just blown away by what you just said. I'm trying to process all that, because thinking myself, then we've got kids similar age, and as you say, suddenly having a newborn, there's so much, isn't there? To process. Oh, well. um, deal with with your body and this new life it was and it was devastating don't get me wrong
1: you know it was i could hear my baby the first two weeks and then i couldn't and yeah. my poor husband was thinking oh my gosh are you are you just you know are you just trying to sleep in and not hear the baby and i i really i really couldn't and it was heartbreaking because it's a, an innate motherly reflex to respond to your baby's cry oh, yes and i could i no longer couldn't and what a sad reality and then i started thinking well what else will i miss will i miss the changes in their voice when they're older will i miss conversations will i miss secrets what else will i miss out on and you do think about those things and and you do have to grieve that and process it but then on the flip side i knew that that was not a healthy place to stay stuck in yes thinking about what are the losses what am i going to miss out on i I need to do something i'm arm i'm hardwired to problem solve and i've always had that mentality i've always like well How do I figure this out? How do I figure this out? I know I can. Hearing loss happens to one in four people in the world. So if one in four can manage it, I can too. I can too. So I had no doubt that I could overcome it. I I didn't know how. I just knew that I would, and I did. And not only did I survive it, I, I am thriving. I am thriving. I have my life. Has never been more blessed than post-hearing loss.
0: What did you do then? So, to people listening now, you know, how do you first begin to manage? You know, just things like how do you manage when you're not able to hear your baby cry? Is that all right to ask? You know, what were those first? It's the steps, really, I guess, as well. You know, what does it look like? You know, I know at the moment you have oh. implants, don't you? Know is, what was the journey like? In terms what, what like that
1: kind of like? I, that's a great question because you'd almost have to see it to believe it. That's why I think sometimes this story, my book, adaptability, would make for a great motion picture too because it's yes. the soundscapes are dramatically different. You you hear a baby screaming, you see you see a mom not responding, you see a household what you know going crazy trying to figure out what is going on because we didn't know what was and i just thought i was really sick and in that process there was a first couple of weeks where i swore it was a sinus infection it would clear itself so i insisted on just holding my baby all the time and i would learn to i would learn to visually hear her And it's funny just how smart the human body really is and how it's able to overcompensate in other senses when one is down and my smell has been heightened. My vision has been heightened and it was almost a sixth sense that I developed whenever something was yeah. not right, yeah. I could usually just get up and go check on her. And sure enough, something something would be off or she'd need my attention. I knew that was not sustainable. And the, that, that I started to do baby signs as soon as my newborn was able to process what signs were I knew that part would be helpful. Yes. And I immediately enrolled myself into a survival sign language. It was meant for people who experience sudden hearing loss. So I needed the elementary version, the 101, throw me in. I'm not sure what's going on, but yes. I've got to be able to manage this until I find a more permanent solution. And I did that. And it was. It was hard, you're exhausted, you're a new mom. Half the time I was nursing in class and trying to understand new signs, I looked crazy, I'm sure. Um, But it's what you do. My call to motherhood was so much stronger and I was going to figure this out. There was no way I was gonna miss out on any aspect of motherhood. I tried so hard. To bring my children into this world, and I, I share that too in my book about the infertility piece. So now that they were here and in my arms, and this happened, so, yeah, that that sucks. But I, my call to motherhood is still way stronger, yeah. and it's up to me. and And if and if I can be that gift of example uh, and show them what their mother got through in. One of the most critical times. Well, what a gift to pass on to your children—the gift of resiliency. Because our our kiddos in this day and age, it's everything is so instant gratification. I want this now. It has to come now. Delayed gratification is like a thing of the past. Yes. And
0: that's a good point.
1: Yeah, and teaching them—not sh- teach, sh- show them showing them what resiliency looks like they'll always be able to reference back to whoa look what my mom did though i know they always worry if if they're going to lose their hearing, so what i mean look look at life my life your life will carry on and you'll find a new way and so if i can be that person to anybody else in addition to my children that was the motivation you will carry on. You will be just fine, if not better than before. I'm here to tell you
0: this. I love that, so many great points then. So it sounds like this isn't just about your journey, but obviously your family's journey. There's other significant people in your life.
1: Hearing loss impacts the entire family, one way or the other, because they are not affected by hearing loss. So all of a sudden they have this new member in their family who has a new condition. And it's almost, it is similar to somebody who was severely damaged in a vehicle uh, accident and suddenly they're in a wheelchair overnight and you have to adjust the house and you have to adjust accessibility. It was the same way we had to find new communication boundaries that that were sustainable yeah. to keep the family going. Like I, we have a three level home and back in the day, you'd be able to tell me something from upstairs and I'd hear just fine. And now we have to be on the same level of the house and everyone now knows. And sometimes they still need reminding that Um, you know, I need to be in front of the person to fully understand. And we all need those reminders. It's, it's easy to forget because I look, I look fine. Right. And I think that's the big thing too is, well, you forget it's a hidden disability again. And I, and I go into that piece too is a lot of times people can't see it. They can't believe it. And it requires so much education and re-education, even on my own family members. Hey guys, nothing has changed. I'm still yeah, I'm it's gonna be like this forever. So, you know, I I won't reply if even if I even if I can a little bit hear them from upstairs, I, I won't because it I yeah. I'm hard of hearing is just that. It is hard to hear. And I am hearing as hard as I possibly can every single day, every single word until these come off at night. I am, it's hard. It's hard. So I really want to emphasize that and speak to my hard of hearing community and kudos for what they do, because it is hard every day. There is no break. There is no break until you get rest or you take your AIDS or your implants off. So, we're we're doing our very best to keep up in the hearing world. So just a little accommodation, yeah, goes a long way.
0: I'm just thinking as well, the emotional, physical effort that it takes day in day out. You know, how does it affect your mental health, your outlook well, on it, life? It
1: it absolutely. That's thank you, doctor Terry, because that piece goes. Unmentioned, right. and undervalued, maybe, and unconsidered.
0: Yeah,
1: and there is auditory fatigue. I yeah, I remember learning I was going deaf, and my audiologist said, "Whoa, oh, Tiffany, your auditory fatigue must be off the charts. You have got to be so exhausted." And I'm like, "Auditory fatigue? Wait, what? That is a thing? What? I didn't." Yes, that explains so much of the migraines, the just irritability, the right. the, constant, the constant pressure, and exhaustion to always keep auditory fatigue. I just, I had no idea that was such a thing, and I had been struggling that with over a decade, and didn't realize Gosh. that's what it was even called. It was, it, and it was so. I found comfort in in hearing yes. That's thank you for giving me an explanation that hopefully now I can give back and make sense and help people make sense of what I'm experiencing. It, it takes a toll, and and emotionally, it, you you do reach limits and you do have thresholds, and you have to have a little self awareness. Yeah. And self-respect to say okay I have reached mine for today and I'm so sorry but I'm going to have to sound off and tap out I'm I've done the best I can for right now and maybe I'll be back in an hour but I you know in order to give you my best self I I have to have self-awareness to know what are my limits
0: Absolutely. and to really
1: understand the emotionality and and the, it, it can be expensive if if we, just like I work I I work as an actress and being on set all day is perfect example yeah. of that fourteen hours on set listening to directions, doing retakes hearing having to listen for, you know, cut action cut stop, and, whoo I come off a set and. Yeah. I want to hibernate for at least two weeks to restore my my sanity, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, my sanity, it just, it, it wipes you out. And then I am so jealous when people can bounce right back and jump back in, but I said, but, but I have to recognize, I'm, but I'm deaf yeah.
0: right?
1: and I'm a an unique person and I have to honor honor my needs and those so advocating for myself too and 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 there have been times i've told the director on set i need to recharge my my hearing aid batteries and luckily they do have batteries where they can't you can't just you can't just zap me and i'm super charged <laughs> yeah and, and it gives me even 10 minutes of silence where i get, oh.
0: it's like a little boundary in a way Yeah I'm really glad you mentioned that kind of self-care self-kindness element because I'm just wondering how often do people notice those things but not feel that they're able to say put boundaries in place say you know I'm checking out for a bit or I need space whatever that looks like. A lot. Did that that come organically or have you had to kind of work on being able to meet your own needs in that way?
1: You're right Dr Terry it was a slow build that at first yeah. you don't want to draw attention to it because
0: right.
1: i i felt happy enough just to be cast in a position so i felt right. initially my hearing loss would be too complicated yep. or directors and cast would be like, oh we just she's going to slow down production if she can't keep up to speed and i thought that's so unfair my talent and my gift that i'm bringing to your production far outweighs the 10 minutes of silence or however long it takes the little lunch hour break that I so desperately need to not be bothered, to give myself space, to give everyone space and then it works to everyone's benefit but it was a slow build and now I'm fully comfortable and I'll even say when I'm signing a contract, I'll make sure and write in that I'll need auditory breaks and Kind of like the old fashioned smoking break for fifteen minutes. I'm going to smoke. I'm I'm taking a peace break, a silence break for fifteen minutes because I have to take care of my my well being. It's so critical, and it's as I simple as that,
0: isn't it? It's looking after well being. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes, and it is. It. I, but I tell you, uh, it was not that way at first. It it was yeah. through. Through experience and confidence, and knowing that I have the right to self-advocate, yeah. these are my rights. It's not, and I will be heard. Like I, I, it is a right to self-advocate. This is a birthright, and especially someone with a disability, they have every
0: oh, every right. Absolutely. I'm just wondering what is it okay to also just widen out a little bit? Because I'm just thinking what you may have done for the industry as a whole. I'm not sure where where were the USA at in terms of rights and inclusion and people with additional needs in the acting field, for example, you know, what may you have contributed, either knowingly or unknowingly, in that area by modelling and letting people know what you need. Yes, I,
1: I feel it's my responsibility to, since I do have a very blessed opportunity to be in the public eye through through acting and writing and putting myself out there in the media, that it's my responsibility to really, yeah. really push for greater greater hearing health awareness and greater advocacy for the hard of hearing, whether that be closed captioning. I always require, in our household, every monitor is set up for closed captioning. In Zoom meetings, I ask, I often ask the host beforehand to enable closed captioning if it's a group setting, because then I'll have to be channeling eight different voices mm-hmm. and yeah I it is in everywhere I go everywhere I go in um, it and it's not in a negative Nancy kind of way I just I if I'm able to spot a situation that I know can easily be improved with accessibility yes whether whether that be you know like j- just captioning on a monitor a at an airport, at a at a bar. It it is my duty and my right to demand that it's there. And I have found so much purpose in advocating for for our right. It's it's our birthright actually. It's our birthright to
0: connect. It absolutely yeah. is. being all right with it as well because i wonder whether some people feel "Oh, I shouldn't do or is it okay to put myself
1: to connect and i feel that when i started to lose my hearing people directly or indirectly it's hard to tell but people would slowly distance themselves because it Right, exponentially harder until I got my my implants, and I thought that's not okay. I, oh. I don't I don't deserve to be isolated because through no faults of my own, and I'm losing my hearing, and it is my birthright to stay connected to you all. And who are we, as humanity, to to isolate someone else because? Yeah we can't understand their reality. And I talk about inclusion all the time, what that looks like and how we love the idea of inclusion to include everyone, make it everything accessible. We love the idea, putting it into practice. It's a whole yeah. different thing. Yeah. We love to post about, yes, inclusivity. It's not a trend guys. It is here to stay. It is really good mainstream, point. I will die advocating for inclusivity. It is standardized in my eyes, it is standardized and there's no way it's going out of style. I will make sure to that. Inclusivity connection is a birthright and no one's gonna take it away from me because I'm impaired and nor do I get to take that away from anyone else. We need to be able to really look at ourselves as this my book adaptability is such a wake-up call to humanity about what I saw firsthand yes going from from having perfect hearing for 30 years of my life to being legally deaf and what I saw in between and the discrepancies that and the misperceptions the hearing, community has about the deaf and hard of hearing and I feel how wonderful though that I get to be a bridge now and foster understanding foster communication foster information in a healthy way that's not ranting and mean or aggressive it is very proactive very loving very educational and very inclusive that's that's what that's my, my my legacy it doesn't I now that I've been on both sides, I live into I belong to two communities, the hearing community and the deaf community, equally, and I love them equally. There is no way I could pick one as my favorite. There is no way. And I just think, so why does it to me? How lucky I am that it did happen to me because I have found my purpose and. Perhaps God has had me this position in mind for me from the day I was born to bring me to who I am and move the mountains I did so that I could be an advocate and a light for people who are
0: struggling. One of the things that you talk about in your book, and we've touched on it a bit already, is the aspect of hidden disability and what you've been met with and I think that's really important for people to hear about, how many presumptions we make, you know, well, to say.
1: They're, they're everywhere. And yeah. if we're not careful, if we're not careful, ooh, that can cause a lot of destruction. And
0: yeah.
1: I've experienced firsthand a lot of criticism, a lot of disbelief. Really? Especially in the initial. Ages of my loss from friends, a few family members. Even I, I never name names. I never do that. That's not what it's about. It's it's about misunderstandings. Yeah. And but yeah, a lot of people said, perhaps you're being dramatic, Tiffany. Perhaps you're overly tired with this Gosh. new mother. Uh, you're, you know, it's easy to be stressed and overwhelmed when you're a new mom. And I'm thinking, why would someone make this up like that's so ridiculous why why would you do that why would anyone do that and so that field, that started a fire in my heart that how yeah. many other people are being discredited are being it, it, reductive it, yeah yeah it, it, it's a very reductive feeling to say was, there was literally someone on i, I mountain bike a lot in okay. um, my city and i my implants don't always fit well under a helmet so sometimes i will ride without my implants Uh. and that's actually really nice but i always put um a deaf cyclist patch on my back and there was one experience in particular where someone was behind me and i was unaware of them they were trying to pass me and they're yelling at me, hey, get over, I'm here. Um, so this person decides to come up on me and push me a little bit on my bike. <laughs> and I'm so s- sorry to Oh my I said, I'm so sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear you. I'm deaf, goes, you're not deaf, you're crazy. Good and I'm like, I said, Stop! Can you? Can you? Can you stop? Can you? I want to just. I'm. I am dab. Did you see the sticker on my back? I don't. I don't care. I don't care. You're. You're crazy. I am not crazy. So, yeah. it, I've learned the hard way that some people just are never going to be right in the universe. Yeah. And that's all It's up to me. To be, to be a bridge, to be a light, but you can, I mean, you can lead the horse to the water. It's up to them to drink it. And I can keep offering yeah. understanding and information and education. And, but it it's gonna require a wake up call yeah. for humanity at large to recognize hidden disabilities. And I'm not even talking about hearing loss. There's, I list over 30 Hidden disabilities in my book, just from people and family members and friends that I know struggle, and yeah. because we can't see it with our eyes, we don't believe it, and that's ridiculous. What a ridiculous mentality that! Just because we can't yeah. see it with our own eye, that doesn't exist. That's so reductive and unfair and unkind, and we can do better. We absolutely I know we can. can do
0: better. Yeah. So, in terms of your book, then. What are you hoping this is going to do? You know, it's, cause it's about a core shift, isn't it? This isn't what we call sticking plaster. It's not just yes. educating people. It's it's One thing I'm going to take from today is that difference between there's education, sharing knowledge, but then how do we start to create a shift? And we can all listen today and, you know, wherever people are listening to this on a train, whenever, whatever date, there's something we can all do. What could that begin to look like?
1: First, we can start with reading my book. Because, and I will tell you what, adaptability. I wrote I wrote the title of that. I liked it. Be all inclusive. Yeah. All inclusive. Everyone has a story to share. Everyone does. And everyone deserves to be heard. Mm-hmm. And my story was my my hearing loss journey, everyone's got their own. Adaptability is a tool and it's a verb that everyone can tap into if they know how. So that is my gift in adaptability. You see on the cover, you see this woman with luscious hair and posing like a L'Oreal cosmetic ad. But what you don't see, and oftentimes what people have told me they have failed to not see, is the implant and the pacemaker that are on full display. That, And I did that on purpose. I wanted to catch yeah. people's eye only to remind them that back in the day, in the 19th century, this book cover would have been prohibited entirely from the ugly laws, displaying a hearing aid, displaying any kind of disfigurement, any kind of physical disability, we would have have deemed it inappropriate and ugly. And I'm so glad I don't live in the 19th century. And yet we still have such a long ways to go. For a long time, I felt like I did have to cover up my implant and my pacemaker that it would make people feel uncomfortable. And no, it's not my job to make society feel more comfortable. I'm going to, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, don't look, it's who I am. And I wear, I'm wearing nothing else. There's no jewelry, there's no wash. There's no pretty pendant necklace. My, my, the way I feel most beautiful is knowing that I have, I have an implant that allows me to hear and I have a pacemaker that I don't, I no longer have to worry about yeah. my heart. Pausing, and I'm gonna show them off because they're beautiful accessories to me. They keep me alive. They keep me doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So um the cover i hope people really 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 take a hard look at that and just what's what's behind that graceful pose and how it took so much to get there and that's what i want to give to other people you you are capable of overcoming anything that no matter how big or small whatever your i like to call um my wild cards and their yeah. their setbacks right whatever your setback yeah. is i've just returned them wild cards we all we're all going to get them no one is immune to life's wild cards nobody I like
0: that but, it's a nice concept
1: so the minute we find a wild card it is my strategy to make friends with it yeah. i might not like it yeah. In fact, I don't even have to love, I'll, maybe you'll never love it, but, but I've got to make friends with it because that immediately disarms it and takes away the power yeah. that it held over me. So yeah. I have hearing loss, but it doesn't have me. And if we can use that and learn how to befriend our wild cards, They work to our advantage and there's always a hidden blessing. There's always in every setback and every obstacle, there is a hidden blessing and a lesson to be learned. You you think back, you look back on any life situation and what was hard. You, you can on
0: the pandemic lockdowns and restrictions. There will be takeaways from that little tiny adversity takeaways
1: absolutely and adaptability is a verb it requires us to move we can't yes. stay stuck we have to move forward it is too easy to get in our own way so that's mm-hmm. why i think it's sometimes better to not know what's coming i'm glad i didn't know I would, all this would happen to me i'm it, i would have froze i would have gotten my own way it's a blessing yeah to some to sometimes not know what's going to happen and to be open to that and to be comfortable being uncomfortable because
0: yeah. there were always, Comfy with the really uncomfy. Well- I do that at work a lot with my own patients. But sometimes I, yes. we need to kind of lean into those tricky feelings and make room for them rather than trying to put a lot of effort into getting away, ignoring them, whatever that looks like. And comfort zones, if we can reframe
1: them, comfort zones yeah. are dead zones. There's, there's no growth. There's no personal growth in in a comfort zone, and we avoid discomfort. We do like yeah, like COVID, right? And we don't want it, but yeah. that's where the that's where the magic is. Yeah, that's what the magic is, and I'm living proof of that. That's where the the magic is in in the discomfort. So leaning into it, leaning into the setback, leaning into your own wild cards. Ooh just watch watch what
0: happens <laughs> so what i'm also thinking in terms of kind of practical steps what i really love is that when people are listening to my podcast episode i want them to be able to go what can i do this person listens to this podcast in bed on the train whatever and i'm just thinking when well, we were just talking about how people around you also navigated this with you presumably the people that are around you or general public whatever we can all learn to lean in you know that we don't avoid people with disabilities that we don't avoid talking about it asking you know are there steps people can do to lean into their own feelings or their own feelings or being uncomfortable do you like it when people ask you engage with you about your hearing loss for example you know what what practical steps may be useful for people to do
1: i think there's so many practical you you have to we have to be able to you know we got we have two ears and one mouth on purpose we to really listen to each other and meet yeah. each other where we're at so if someone says they're hard of hearing that's that's your cue that's that's the receptor's cue to say okay so perhaps you know i can angle myself in a position where they can better see yeah. the movements of my mouth. It, it is costs, it's free. And yeah. it costs us nothing. And and I'm just speaking on my, my behalf. Those are little simple things that people can do for the hard of hearing. But at large, if someone were to tell me, like I have one of my best friends struggles with Lyme's disease and oh, she gosh. looks like a Barbie, right? She, and you would never know she was sick Nine out of ten days, she feels awful because she looks great. And 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 again, it goes back to those hidden disabilities and honoring yeah. each other. And I always tell her, "Honey, I know you look so good. What are you struggling with today? And how how can yeah. I how can I meet you there? Like what what how can I be there for? What do you need from from yeah. me? Like what does that look? Like? And asking to." And lean into each other and help each other, yeah. whatever that looks like. And sometimes we have to ask, like, "Tell me specifically what you need from from me," and so I can so I can give that to you and and, and give giving back. And there, there's tools and there's and if we just really tap into the the human the humanity aspect of yeah. it yeah it's it's right there it's we're hardwired to connect we belong to each other and who are we not to be helping each other out through everyone's got something everyone does There's
0: a lovely compassion element there so your book is out we can get it on amazon can't we so people on amazon All over the world can access Amazon. Thankfully, (laughs) where can people find out more about you? Where do you hang out?
1: I am a Colorado girl, so if I'm not with my kids, I'm on a mountain bike trail, or I'm on the lake paddleboarding, or I'm rock climbing. I'm doing I'm doing it all. I there's they wow. You know, I was really worried when I did initially start losing my hearing. Oh gosh, how, how is this going to fit into my lifestyle?
0: Yeah.
1: And you know what? I said, whatever hearing solution I do decide on it, it's got to be able to keep up with me because I'm not slowing down. So, like and that. I'm living, proof, I'm living proof of that. I'm on my mountain bike 365 days a year. I've got a snow bike. Got, I mean, there's no, nothing that I'm, I, I live life. To its fullest, so people can find me outside or on a movie set, or teaching ASL. I also love giving back a language that was such a survival tool to me. I love giving it back, and no, I'm not a native signer, but you don't have to be. I think there's also a misperception about never learn sign from somebody who is isn't that? but i've learned i'm i sign pretty well and i teach a college prep course right so yeah if i have to say so myself you you're signing in my class is going to be very similar to outside sign and um that's where people can find me and socially if you you can't find me, in Colorado on the trail or on a movie set, and find me online. I'm at TiffanyStores.com. Stores people want to call it at store like a tr- traditional grocery store. It's S T O R R S. TiffanyStores.com. And my book, Adaptability, is on Amazon. You just search for the words Adaptability Tiffany Stores. It comes right up. And I'm also on Instagram at Tiffany Stasny Stores. So that's Tiffany with a Y, and then Stasny S T A S N Y Stores S T O R R S. And Doctor, I'd love the first two people to follow me and DM me, tell me what they took away from this episode. Yes, we like this, this. copy
0: of adaptability. Delivered right to their door. So they've got to find you. I'll make sure all of this is in my show notes as well. All the links to the book, to your social media. So I love that. So the first two people to follow you, send you a DM about how they liked what their takeaway is or get a copy of your book, which is fantastic. Um, I've really enjoyed having you on. Would you be able to leave us in my little signature move? Is there one? You've given me so much. I've I've personally taken so much away from today, um, let alone our listeners. If there was one little adversity takeaway, what could you leave us with?
1: That's loaded with (laughs) (laughs) just one.
0: Get comfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable. I like that. That fits really well with me and my values as a practitioner. So I like that. <laughs> Tiffany, it's been amazing. And we is it all right to say you've got up super early for this as well? So I really appreciate it. And, you know, we've been talking for 50 minutes. So you're probably at saturation point as well, um, because I haven't set up my captions for you. You've had to use your own tech to do that. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and I cannot wait to get this episode out there. Thank you so much.
1: Dr. Tara, thank you for having me on. Thank you for the work that you do and the enlightenment you bring in your work. Thank you. And you are a powerhouse yourself. So <laughs> keep shining your light as well, please. This world
0: needs more Dr. Tara's. Thank you. That's really lovely. That's amazing. It's Friday today, end of the week. That's made my week. <laughs> thank cool. you so much.
1: Thank you, Dr. Tara, it was wonderful to be here.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Psychologist podcast. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm Dr. Tara Quintarillo and you can find me at drtara.co.uk. You'll see everything I'm up to, free resources, my media work, and my new COVID recovery clinic as well. Remember to please rate and review my podcast. It really helps people to benefit from the narratives of overcoming adversity if they know where to find us. The Adversity Psychologist Podcast, helping you one step at a time.